previously on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Here with Coach Johnny Jones. The crowd was electrifying. It was exciting when you had nearly 8,000 people in that building and they're screaming. This is what you signed up for. He was never going to leave. But what he was going to do is get paid. The NFL is too powerful in certain areas. Do you really want your employer hiring another company to spy on you? I don't have a gambling problem. Uh, yeah, you do. You bet $1,500 and you lost $11 million. It was an amazing thing to be a part of. Getting to play with those guys, Jay Will, Dunleavy Boozer, Duhon. It was a great start to my collegiate career. Homes and families are divided about this rivalry. If you have the money in Moscow, you can pretty much do whatever you want to do. <laughs> and I'm not over-exaggerating when I say that. We believe in change and we're prepared for it with new techniques and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region. Let it go out there today, baby. Three, two, one. And once again, our mighty ship is back on course. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Mama, there goes that man. You roll. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of Sports Talk with Devin Wade Podcast. So glad that you are joining us for this episode. And welcome back if you are a frequent listener. We love you guys. We appreciate your loyalty and your support. And if you're new to the podcast, hey, welcome aboard. And we hope to become a part of your podcast menu. A, uh, <laughs> a staple of your podcast diet, as it were. Because not only can you listen. You can also be interactive. And the number one way to do that, think about this. You can call me 24 hours a day and leave a message, and you very well may be a part of the next podcast by calling the sports line, 832-941-6614, 832-941-6614. You can ask a question, make a comment, uh, ask us to talk about a particular issue or a particular player or subject. If you have anything that you want to be a part of the podcast, hey, Give us a call, 832-941-6614. Also, you can go to Facebook, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group page. You can uh, engage on that page. There's a fan page. You can like that. But join the group, and you can see the post every day. From time to time, I post poll questions, and I'll ask for comments on certain issues, and you can interact that way. So not just on game days, not on podcast days. You can interact every day because we have wonderful folks that post all the time, and I try to post as much as I can, but others post as well. So it's a great way to be a part of this community. Well, coming up this time out, we have from the special teams unit, our guy, former NFL receiver, Reggie Brown. He's back aboard to talk about all of the hijinks happening with NFL free agency. In addition to that, we have our Sports E with Life on Lock, giving us some sports entertainment information. We have our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy. A couple sponsors we want you guys to hear from and engage with. And um, we have, instead of a Lamont Award, I do want to take some time towards the end to acknowledge some things. So with that, let's get into some headlines. And you know what? Let me say that again. Let's get into some headlines. Yeah, 
got to bring the energy for that because there are a lot of things happening in the world of sports, not the least of which this is the first day of March Madness of the NCAA tournament. Of course, March Madness has been going on as the conference tournaments transpired, giving us our final field of 68, whittled down to 64, and the 64 got underway today. And I'll tell you what, I asked a bunch of you folks to get in on the KTSU bracket challenge or whatever the the tournament challenge under the group name ktsu sports talk with ralph cooper kevin allen chili bill smith and i submitted my entry something happened and i did not finalize it or save it and all 63 picks were lost so essentially i don't have a bracket i don't have any brackets this year for the first time since 1983 i mean i have in my mind who i think is going to go but for whatever reason a glitch, a computer glitch. I have zero picks right because I don't have any picks. Didn't make any picks. None of the picks were saved. I made all 63 of them. And I will tell you this. I had Gonzaga winning it all. I had teams like Baylor advancing a long way. I had Arizona going a long way. Although, I hope that U of H can get them. Kansas is another team that will do work. So, you know, I had some upsets in the mix, especially with 12s and 5s and and 4s and 13s. And, and so I had some of those. So I did have some upsets in there. I just didn't uh, – I, I mean, when it came down to it, I went with Gonzaga. Although it's wide open. You don't know who's going to step up big and really get it done. It'll be an interesting three weeks. I like to pick the teams who've had some tournament success recently – because I think those experiences are valuable in the tournament. But give me your thoughts on that, 832-941-6614. Um, news on the Texas Southern front. First of all, congratulations to the Texas Southern Tigers. We had Coach Johnny Jones on last episode, and he talked about heading into the SWAG tournament. They won the SWAG tournament, many of you know by now. And, of course, they won the first four game, or the play-in game. They don't want to call it the playing game. They call it the first four in Dayton, Ohio. And they beat Texas A&M Corpus Christi. I thought that was a really good game. The guy that I have liked a lot throughout the season, Bryson Etienne did work. Bryson Gresham is a really energetic player who does some great things for this team. But by and large, I thought the team played well, had a couple of early turnovers. People said jitters. This team was not... It had no issues with nerves. It was not about that. This is a high turnover team, and that is going to give them problems as they face the Jayhawks. So, Amy and all of you Jayhawks that I know, we're coming for you. Texas Southern, that game will happen later tonight, and you'll know probably by the time you listen, those results will be in. Also, I've been waiting on the Deshaun Watson decision. Because, of course, the grand jury failed to indict Deshaun Watson on criminal charges related to his sexual alleged sexual misconduct. And now it's just the 22 civil cases he'll have to deal with. As soon as that happened, as soon as he was no build and he's not facing any criminal charges, the NFL floodgates opened. There were several teams interested and it got down to four Cleveland, New Orleans, Carolina, Atlanta, Cleveland was notified that they're no longer part of the sweepstakes. A little bit too late after you fractured your relationship with your starting quarterback, Baker Mayfield. He has requested a trade, and he wants out. I don't think the team is going to acquiesce to that. So we'll have to see how the drama unfolds. I don't think that that's going to stop him from demanding a trade and uh, demanding to get out of there. 
But where will Deshaun end up? I don't know. Could be New Orleans, could be Atlanta. I would say Carolina will probably be the third team that I, I mean, if I was ranking them, and again, by the time you hear this, he may have made a decision, but we've been waiting around for that. Also, been waiting around for Carlos Correa. But give me your thoughts on the Deshaun Watson situation. I think that he still faces some suspension from the NFL. I think that's going to happen. And I think it's not unprecedented. It happened to Ben Roethlisberger, and it happened to Ezekiel Elliott. Both of those games, both of those guys got six games and reduced to four in Big Ben's case. So I think that's happening. Also, since the last time I've come to you, Tom Brady is back. Tom Brady is back. And some people thought maybe he, he would come back, but not this quick. He was like, nah, man, retirement, six weeks. I'm, nah, I'm back in the game. So he's back. Russell Wilson is with Denver now, and that is huge for the AFC West. And, of course, uh, other big names or uh, big situations. Kirk Cousins, one-year deal. He'll stay in Minnesota. Mitch Trubisky goes to Pittsburgh. Von Miller goes to Buffalo. Now, Allen Robinson goes to the Los Angeles Rams. So a lot of moves being made around the NFL. And it's just a, a really, really interesting time. It's kind of hard to digest everything coming at you over the course of about 28, 36 hours. A lot is already happening, happened and uh, continues to happen moving forward. I do want to go back to something as it pertains to Texas Southern. So the Tigers are doing their thing in the tournament. The women lost in the tournament in overtime to Jackson State. But head coach, the legendary Cynthia Cooper Dyke, announced her retirement today. She will no longer be the women's head basketball coach at Texas Southern. And uh, the team just were, they were racked by injuries this year. And uh, they had a really short bench. And I thought she made the most out of what they had. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens moving forward. But, man, thanks to her and her service to Texas Southern. And, of course, all she's done for the city of Houston. And, again, we are waiting for Carlos Correa. What's going to happen with him? Still, I mean, no news is good news, if you ask me. So there very well may be an opportunity to re-sign this guy. So that will be huge for the Astros if that can happen. But if not, he's going to help whoever he goes to. But he, I think he has more value to this organization because of the relationships and what he means to his teammates and vice versa. So let's hope the Astros can get that done. So with that, going to take a brief time out, come back on the other side with some sports E with life on lock. She's going to get us caught up on what's happening in the world of sports and entertainment on the other side, that and a whole lot more. This is sports talk with Devin Wade podcast. Anyway, you get your podcast. For more content, go to Wade'sWordProductions.com. Your children are the most precious gift God has given you. Their well-being is of the utmost importance, and finding childcare that exhibits the same belief is, well, non-negotiable. So why not end your search at Brighter Brains Learning Center? Located in Stafford, Texas, Brighter Brains is a licensed, family-owned and operated daycare that promotes an early educational foundation and provides an environment of love, safety, and quality care for children ages 6 weeks to 5 years old. For more information, call 346-328-3717 or visit brighterbrainslearningcenter.org. It's Shelly Wade, and welcome back to Sports Talk with Devin Wade. 
want to tell you guys, we have a big episode coming up for you. And I don't know how big I'll make the episode, but it will be episode 250. Now that's 250 different occasions we've come to you. Some of them have been briefcasts. Some of them have been part twos. But collectively, we've done 250 programs. Could not have done it without you and without the wonderful folks that are part of Special Teams Unit, Eddie Robinson, Kalina, Kevin Allen. I mean, so many people, Reggie Brown, uh, Terrence Harris, all the people who've been a part of this and helped me reach 250 episodes. And I, uh, I could not have done it without your support. I may be asking you for some more support. So be on the lookout for that. But beyond anything else, it's been a pleasure to come to you. 250 episodes and counting. We're going to keep this thing rolling, and we need your help and your support to do that. One of the newer additions to the podcast is Life on Lock. She brings her energy and her expertise to shine a light on the world of athletes and entertainment and a little segment that we call Sports E. This week in Sports E. Entertainment. Hey, y'all. I hope you're having a great day, and I hope it just got a little better now that you're listening to Sports E with Life Unlocked. Well, if you guys didn't know, Pisces season is definitely in full effect. And last week, y'all know we talked about Shaq's milestone birthday. He turned the big 50. But this week, Simone Biles brought in her 25th birthday in none other than Turks and Caicos. Now, she enjoyed her birthday while celebrating a romantic walk on the beach and a private dinner with her fiancé, Jonathan Owens. Now, Biles and Owens showed glimpses of their vacation on their social media platforms. And Owens wrote, here's to your best birthday yet. We're just getting started. More surprises to come. Now, speaking of romantic getaways, I know that everybody listening remembers the iconic movie, The Titanic. Now, while there may not be a new love interest, there's definitely a new rendition of the iconic ship going around. Indiana Pacers center Miles Turner built a replica of the Titanic ship using 9,000 Lego pieces. He recently showed his impressive creation on Twitter, along with several other Lego creations of his, including a Death Star, a Batwing, and even a Disney castle. So it's safe to say that Turner is busy both on and off the court. But Turner isn't the only athlete with hidden talents. Apparently, NFL star Jason Kelsey showed the people that he's not only an offensive lineman, but he's also a singer. Yep. The Philadelphia Eagles star recently sang the national anthem before the 76ers and Nuggets game on Monday, and the crowd loved it. Now, of course, you know it's cool when you can showcase a new talent, but the real reason Kelsey took the center stage was for charity. He agreed to perform at the Wells Fargo Center if the teammate, Connor Barwin, raised $100,000 or more for his Make the World Better Foundation by the end of 2021. And once he did, Kelsey upheld his side of the bargain. Now, while Kelsey is making his mark on the basketball court, Russell Wilson and Sierra are making their mark in their new Denver community. The couple recently visited a Denver Children's Hospital just one week after Russ was traded to the Broncos, and reports show that they were seen talking with kids and taking photos at the Ryan Seacrest Foundation Studios. And we'll be sure to update you guys all on Wilson's endeavors, as well as all your latest and greatest entertainment news and sports next week on Sports E. I want to thank Life on Lock for the sports entertainment segment. And by and large, and I think this is a credit to her, uh, the, a lot of the stories are positive stories, upbeat stories. We don't get enough upbeat stories about athletes. 
We're going to incorporate her a little bit more as we move forward, and you'll hear more from her as she is grinding it out, climbing the ladder with a brilliant and bright future. So that's coming up. One thing that she didn't talk about, which she shouldn't have because it's not sports-y, but I'm going to chime in on this one. Just E-E. This Kanye Pete Davidson thing. This is getting a little bit out of hand. I feel like, I, you know, you need to interject. Like, we needed to interject with the East Coast, West Coast rap stuff. Yeah, we needed to collectively interject and say, wait a minute, home. We need to hit the brakes on this stuff. Because it's getting a little bit out of hand. Now, everybody knows that Kanye has issues. And, and again, not to make light of those things, because he does have some issues. But, of course, his ex-wife, or estranged wife, I don't think they're divorced yet, but his estranged wife is dating Pete Davidson, who himself appears to have had. Maybe he's a fully formed and healthy adult. But he's he's had a really turbulent past. And, of course, Kanye's been doing a lot. And, you know, harming him in effigy and all of those sorts of things, making threats, some veiled, some not as veiled. And Pete Davidson sort of shot back this week, like, oh, you know, I'm kicking it with your wife. Now, let me say this. <laughs> now, I don't know how Kanye moves, but I can tell you in the real world, you don't want to do that. I mean, I know it's hard to ignore him and what he's doing. But look, you kicking it with Kim. This was this dude, the mother of his children. You may not want to do that. <laughs> that is a, a lot. So I hope this situation gets handled. I hope somebody can get to Kanye to say, hey, man, you got to let it go. It's love TKO. Hey, you got to let it go. And conversely, you know, Pete, I don't, I don't think that that's in your best interest to keep responding to this guy like that. Because he has, what she means to him is a hell of a lot more than what she means to you. You probably in six months will be moved on to something else. This dude is impacted for life. So you don't want to play in the, with those situations. So with that, again, leave that alone. And some, uh, some other stuff off of the court, uh, Brittany Griner. Of course, we've been talking about Brittany Griner and hoping that her situation in Russia gets resolved. She, of course, you know by now, we mentioned it last episode, detained by Russian authorities because she had hash oil in her possession, in her vape pen or whatever. She appeared before a judge, judge, am I, is it a panel? Is it, I don't know. She appeared in court in Russia and she'll be t- detained at least until May. And she faces up to 10 years. And this has to be, I mean, she has to be going crazy, man. What a tremendously difficult situation to be stuck there now with tensions as high as they are and no clear path to a resolution that would make Putin or encourage Putin to want to offer her back to the U.S. people (laughs) as a gesture of goodwill. I don't know what's going to happen with that situation. I cannot imagine she'll do 10 years. I would imagine that the diplomatic channels are opened and the United States uh, State Department is trying desperately to get her uh, home. I don't know when or how that's going to happen, especially with nobody being able to go in or out of Russia. It's going to be very, very difficult. And this is going to take a lot of negotiation to get Putin to release Brittany Griner, but prayers up to her. We are thinking 
about her. So all of those things are going on. Baseball's back. Spring training is going on. And football free agency. And who better to talk about football free agency with than our very own from the special teams unit, Reggie Brown. He's coming up on the other side. First want to hear a word from our sponsor and, of course, our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy. This is the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Anyway, you get your podcast. Sports Talk with Devin Wade wants to thank our sponsor, Kofi Bankus and CoBank Homes. The vision at CoBank Homes is simple, and it stems from the belief that clients can trust CoBank to guide them to realize one of, if not the single largest investment decision they will ever make, their home. CoBank simply looks to build lifelong relationships through service. They do this by using faith, knowledge, and technology to guide clients through the process of achieving their real estate goals. Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832-757-7950. That's 832-757-7950. CoBank Homes through Keller Williams. Check him out on Instagram and on SoundCloud and around the city of Houston doing his thing. It's a vibe, y'all. I don't I don't know what his his motto is. I mean, he has a couple of them. I mean, he, he has a group. He has a collective. He has a fan base, and we certainly appreciate him. But if you have music you want heard on the podcast, just email us. Music at wadeswordproductions.com. That's music at wadeswordproductions.com. The genre doesn't matter. Just uh, make it radio radio friendly. It doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be G. It could be PG thirteen. Beyond that, we'll have to clean it up. So if you can, be sure to do that for us. And again, uh, musicwaysworkproductions.com. Great way to have a snippet heard at the halfway point and an entire track heard at the end. And if you're a DJ, portion of your mix at the end of the show and a larger extended portion of that mix. So for anybody who wants to get the word out on themselves or family members or whatever, email me, musicwaysworkproductions.com. With that, we want to get into our conversation with our guy, Reggie Brown. A lot happening in football. Tom Brady coming back. Russell Wilson. We w- we're waiting for Deshaun Watson and what will happen there and what the Texans will get. There are a lot of Houston fans that are sort of you know awaiting the haul for giving up Deshaun Watson. But I've said all along, it's not what you get. It's what you do with what you get. And that's where Nick Casario, the general manager 
will come in. So there's a lot of talk going on, and we will do a lot more NBA stuff. We've been sort of negligent and not talking enough about the NBA, but we have to pick our spots here. And so we definitely want to uh, let you guys know that we have some basketball conversations coming up. So without further ado, here's our conversation with Reggie Brown from Special Team Unit. got from the special teams unit reggie brown is back aboard and man i brought you aboard because there's so many things happening in the nfl what an exciting time with nfl free agency kicking off and players moving in the landscape of the nfl is changing what are your thoughts about the first few days of uh, free agency official free agency man it's been great man and and it's been as it usually is, you see some guys getting overpaid. You see some teams really making some moves like the Denver Broncos. And, you know, just everybody's now in a holding pattern waiting on Deshaun. Well, let's start with probably, it depends on your perspective, but probably the biggest story in the NFL will, ha- will have to be Tom Brady coming back. A lot of people didn't see that coming back, and that makes them a legitimate contender again in the NFC. What are your thoughts on him ending his very, very brief retirement? I mean, the guy just loves football, man. And you go home and you sit down and, you know, all of a sudden it's time to go work out. And he was ready to go work out. And I think that, as you said, he's he's changed the landscape of the NFC and the NFL just by saying, I'm coming back. Yeah, we see uh, the the Rams do their thing. They just added a receiver. Russell Gage joins Tampa Bay. Aaron Rodgers, he got his deal done, and so he'll be back in Green Bay. Uh, What are your overall thoughts about some of the things you're seeing in the NFC? Uh, Now you had the departure of of Russell Wilson from Seattle, so you can factor that one in as well. So what are your thoughts about the NFC? I don't see many teams getting better to be able to compete with the Rams compete to be able to compete with Tampa Bay. There hasn't been, in my mind, anything of real significance when you talk about the top-tier teams that put them closer. And so I, I don't see that the landscape has changed much. Yeah, it seems like the, the three or four teams that were atop uh, of the conference uh, will be right back. I guess the great mystery in a lot of ways for me is Arizona. What is Arizona? And, and again, it's sort of a, a sidebar. I didn't plan on talking about them, but they lose Chandler Jones. What are they doing then? They lost Kirk as well. What's going on in Arizona? Can they get over the hump? You, you look at it and you have to see or, or, or assume that the front office and the head coach, something's not right over there. I mean, there doesn't seem to be any togetherness. There, there doesn't seem to have a succinct plan in terms of what they're going to do. You lose Chandler Jones, as you said, who's amazing. Kirk was a great fill-in guy. Um, I think he was overpaid, but I'm glad he got his money. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but when you, you start losing those types of pieces and uh, the things that happen to them down the stretch, it's really concerning about what they're doing as a football team. Well, let's talk about the AFC. Let's talk about Deshaun. Deshaun has been cleared. He's no billed by the district attorney and the grand jury. So he's facing no criminal charges, just uh, those civil cases. 
And, boy, as soon as that happened, the market just exploded for him. We knew uh, that four teams were in the final running. Cleveland has since been notified that they're not in the running. But let's talk a little bit about this journey and, and what are your overall thoughts on Deshaun and his future? Well, first of all, I'll say that aside from the Hershey Walker trade, where they gave up the whole draft and the Ricky Williams trade, I think it's the biggest, going to be the biggest trade in, in the history of the NFL. I mean, they're talking about four first-round draft picks, three first-round draft picks, some seconds and players. So kudos to the, the Texans for what they're about to get. But I think that the team that he goes to instantly becomes a Super Bowl contender. I mean, he's a young guy. He's super talented. Uh, he's a student of the game. And so you're getting – a premier quarterback, and it immediately changes the landscape. Personally, I hope he goes to New Orleans and he's not in the AFC. Well, I think when you talk about him being a Super Bowl contender right off the bat, that's a hard thing to make happen in Atlanta. I think maybe with the defensive performance of New Orleans, I think that that is a possibility. Carolina, uh, I'm not sure. I don't know if he's enough to, to make them a Super Bowl contender, but let's look at those three teams Okay, you talk about New Orleans, great defense, and a couple years removed from from Drew Brees, and now Sean Payton is gone. What about that fit? What do you like about New Orleans and that fit for him? Well, again, I I think that he paired with Kamara and Thomas, and, you know, you add a receiver to that mix, you automatically, with that defense, become – a much better team and the defense gets better uh, by subtraction because now you know he's going to move the football you know he's going to make plays you know he's going to keep your defense off the field and so I think that they instantly I think with Carolina again you know there are some things they got to get in place they got a fairly good receiver staff but I think that when you bring Deshaun Watson to the mix everybody gets better Bill O'Brien notwithstanding. <laughs> well, he certainly did benefit because, you know, I mean, he fell apart even with him down the stretch. Right. But, yeah, yeah, he benefited. I really think Deshaun was responsible for him getting a couple more years with really outperforming his coaching, if as it were. Uh, let's talk about Carolina. What do you think uh, with the fit with Carolina? I heard at one point McCaffrey was on the trade block possibly. What do you think they have, and, and can they get it done under Matt Rule? Well, again, I think that they got a solid defense. And if you got a solid defense and that guy at quarterback, I think he's going to make everybody around them better, particularly if they keep McCaffrey. You get to do a lot of things with him paired with Watson. But again, to me, how good the teams really get depends on what they have to give up. Uh, because bringing him in with the salary cap numbers he's going to bring, you don't have a chance to really upgrade at a lot of positions. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the other happenings in the AFC. Russell Wilson, you talk about a division, the AFC West, just the quarterbacks alone. When you think about this, Derek Carr, who is a really uh, above-average quarterback, He's the worst quarterback in that division now, or, you, or it's debatable. Maybe you can say him or Russell uh, are the worst quarterbacks in that division, but, boy, just a stacked division at the quarterback position. What does Russell Wilson coming to that division mean, and what does it mean for the conference? I mean, they already, again, 
got some uh, good players on on offense. You know, you got Judy, you got the running back, and bring in a guy um, with the skill and the will of Russell Wilson again automatic automatically make a better football team and and you, you correctly stated man that division man is going to be some great football and some high scoring football and i think again i, I like the comment that you said about Derek carmen you think about that guy you know being a top 12 14 quarterback and he's probably uh the the worst quarterback in that division so it's going to be some fun football yeah, and I look at the situation where you got, you know, Lamar Jackson, you have Allen, Josh Allen, you have Pat Mahomes, you have Justin Herbert, all in the AFC, Russell Wilson in the AFC. I, I mean, it's just so much talent in that conference, and it just it's going to be a, a really, really interesting situation. The Steelers add Mitch Trubisky. Is that just a stopgap move for them or something that will hold them over for a moment, or what? what do you think? I have no idea why they make that. He hasn't shown me anything. I've been in some other spaces where people believe that his coach was a detriment to him and he's a much better player. And maybe Thomason saw something in him, but I, I don't trust Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, I mean, he hadn't proven a whole lot, but he did sit behind with Josh Allen for a year, and now he'll have uh, Tomlin to work under. So let's talk about your team, your Dolphins. Uh, the Dolphins add a, a running back and Raheem Mostert. What are your thoughts on their moves this offseason? Obviously, a new coach, a lot of uh, a lot of unanswered questions when it comes to Stephen Ross, the owner of the Dolphins. What are your thoughts about the offseason of the Dolphins so far? Well, I think they've done a good job. I mean, you add Wilson from the Cowboys, who you know I think is going to be a really really good receiver. You pair him with Waddle. You get the running back from Arizona who fits the zone scheme. You get Mostert, who played with McDaniel, the head coach. And so I think they've done a really, really good job. You've already signed a, an offensive lineman. But I don't think, you know, that all Dolphins will either be an A or F this year in terms of off the free agency. If you get one of the big linemen, Collins from Dallas or Armstead from New Orleans, then all of a sudden you get an A free agency if you don't correct that offensive line then it'll be a f you will never find out what you have in tour what he can do uh mike mcdaniel's offensive offensive scheme which i think is amazing won't be able to do anything with the offensive line as it currently is so we gotta upgrade there so while this was the first organization to really be tied to Deshaun Watson, what I'm hearing is that you seem to be satisfied at the quarterback position. And is that the case for most of the fan base? Are they on board with uh, Tua Tungavailoa? I, I will tell you it's 50-50, man. I've never seen a quarterback that comes in drafted as high as he, he's been drafted. And then uh, – under some serious travail with the Dolphins. I mean, as a second-year quarterback who was showing some growth, then the Watson thing comes in and it goes on for a year plus change, and he reacts to it totally different than Baker Mayfield. They just started saying Watson's name, and Mayfield's like, I'm out of here. Tua 
put up with that and dealt with it the whole year, and I don't think it affected him as a player. Uh, I, I think about Tua, um, he does has some things that he does really, really well. He has some deadly accuracy. He moves well in the pocket. Um, his arm strength is a question, but I don't think that the Dolphins can really grade him because the offensive line has been so porous. He's never had a running game, the worst running game in the league, the worst offensive line in the league. And then, you know, your receivers, you, you bring in Fuller from Houston, who doesn't play a down, Devontae Parker, who you expect him to be your 1A, 1B guy, is out seven games. The only thing he had to play with was Waddle who ended up getting over 100 catches. So I think this year with some of the things that they've done in terms of the running back room and then adding some receivers to that room, and now it's just a question of the offensive line before you can really make a judgment on him. How much of that mental toughness do you attribute to him playing under Nick Saban and all that happened at the quarterback position when he was there and him taking over and just the pressure of playing at Alabama? How much do you think that plays into his his mental approach and his mental strength through this uh, sort of this adversity with Deshaun Watson's name coming up? Well, you know, his journey in Alabama, he's seen it all. So he's been the guy that people wanted to see, like Watson. And then he's been the guy who has led a team to a championship. He, as you correctly state, Nick Saban is a dog. And I say that in a great way as a football coach who's going to demand excellence out of you, who's going to demand that you're mentally tough and demand that you go out and work. And I think that that has really helped him. And you just continue, in my mind, to see him get better. We will find out a lot about his ceiling this year. And again, and it's unfortunate, it all starts with the offensive line for any any quarterback. Yeah, you talked about the mental toughness and you mentioned Baker Mayfield. How can you put that back together? And same thing, same situation possibly in Atlanta with Matt Ryan. I mean, obviously he's a veteran and he's he's been through it all. And in some respects, I think he – He's unfairly criticized, I think, and, I mean, that's a different discussion. Um, but how do you repair those situations, say, if obviously Cleveland is not going to get Deshaun and Atlanta is not uh, – I mean, they are in the running, but they may not get Deshaun. How do you fix those relationships with those quarterbacks? Well, I think that – and that's the thing that uh, Cleveland – said and I don't know Baker Mayfield and, and how this applies but you gotta have some adults in the room and when you understand as a football player that you got a chance to get Deshaun Watson it's kind of like you know how can I be complaining if they're talking about drafting Jordan you know what I mean like I, I know I'm a player but we're talking about a, a franchise changing guy in Watson and so hopefully Ryan and Mayfield understand that even with all the testosterones and the egos of NFL players, you know, there's a reality to it that when that guy comes along, a franchise has to go out and do its due diligence. Now, saying that there has to be some other things, you know, a contract extension um, will help that situation. Uh, money talk a lot. And again, <laughs> getting the players to rally around him and doing those types of things. I think if it can be repaired, I don't know. Um, and you and I talked about this um, 
off mic, I don't know if he has, Baker Mayfield has the mental toughness. Ryan, you know, I think he'll be fine. He's a veteran. He understands the league. But Mayfield will be, may be a different story. Yeah, well, a lot going on with that. What's your, your over-under on Deshaun getting suspended? I mean, do you think it's a possibility that he still faces discipline from the NFL? I think it's not going to be as extensive as we thought. You know, had there been an indictment, there would have been certainly been serious, serious consequences. Because of the information and because of the age that we live in, because of the shield, the NFL is going to have to do something. You know, you don't want them dog rights people and you don't want them women's rights people on the NFL. So they're going to have to do something, but I don't think it's going to be major, maybe four games, maybe six, but I, I, I would bet the over under at four. Yeah, and, and it looks like, I mean, whatever it is, NFL teams are not scared away. And uh, which team do you think ultimately will prevail? Will it be Carolina, Atlanta, or New Orleans? Well, I would want Atlanta from a personal perspective so that Armstead then leaves New Orleans and the Dolphins can sign him. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but but if, if I had to say um, New Orleans has met with him a second time, and I don't see how they let him in, which is, which is interesting because when you look at New Orleans, they were closest to the salary cap, and they continue to sign people, and now they're talking about getting uh, uh, Deshaun. So I, I don't know how all of that works out. Somebody said today that the, the salary cap is not really real, and it must not be real in New Orleans and <laughs> And over there in Green Bay. Green Bay was in salary cap hell, and they still giving money out. Yeah, well, and I think a lot of it comes down to manipulating. And I, I'll say this. When the NFL was returning to Houston, what they did was they brought in the media, the Houston media, and they gave a class. It was like an eight-hour class. It was salary cap 101. And it wasn't quite eight hours, but it was a long, long time. And it, it's a, I mean, it's a really intricate thing. And if you know how to manipulate that and what portion of the, the NFL calendar you sign or cut a guy, I mean, everything is uh, really, really intricate. So you have to believe that these teams know how to manipulate that and how they structure these deals and and are able to get around it. What else, anything else that in sports has stood out for you over the last few weeks since we last visited? Man, I, I can't imagine what I'm seeing with the Lakers, man, just a total implosion. You know, you go and you lose to the Rockets, you know, you go and... And they get you know, blown out. I mean, it's, they're getting humiliated night in and night out. And, and and the sad part about it is LeBron is still playing at a high level. Russell uh, Westbrook, man, I, I, I have no idea what happened to that guy, man. He got the yips and like they have in golf, man, where he just can't make a basket, and he's still shooting it 30 times a game. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you got to have amnesia, right? I mean, like like a cover corner, you have to forget a lot. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, a lot. he's taking a lot of hits to his reputation and just a lot of unfair – well, fair in, in this case. I mean, he's not – perform well at all but over his career i thought that he's gotten a lot because the thing i love about him and what made him one of my favorite players is that 
unlike a lot of these guys, even the, the best players in the NBA, he comes with it every single night. And that's so hard to do when, you know, you have an 82-game schedule and, you you know, every night he's coming to play hard for all four quarters. He doesn't quit. He doesn't take nights off. And I, I just have so much admiration because he's a throwback player in that way. He You know, and so when things don't go well, uh, you know, he's probably just really scrambling. Getting out of L.A. would help him. And I don't know why the Lakers didn't trade him at the trade deadline. Man, you know, I love the fact that you stayed about his heart and his getting after it. But it's kind of like that brick wall, man. You can't keep running head on into that brick wall. And he just keep running head on into it. Like, you got to pass now. And and even with that, you know, you see him doing things on the basketball court. I mean, he's shooting air ball threes. He's throwing the ball out of bounds. You know, he's, you know, running in the players all at 100% speed with guts and character and all of those things, but it's all jacked up. <laughs> None of it is working. Like, yeah, yeah. It's working. I, I mean, again, the Lakers, I think, take a, uh, yeah, a disproportionate amount of energy from the, the national media. Uh, I don't think when it's all said and done, they may not. I mean, I guess they'll be in a play-in. I'm, I don't know. <laughs> we don't know yet. But they are really, really bad. And, uh, we, of course, as we get closer to the NBA playoffs, we will definitely, definitely talk more NBA. So with that, hey, man, I certainly appreciate you joining me as always, and I look forward to catching up with you real soon. Special teams, baby. Always glad to be here. To have your comments heard, call 832-941-6614. I want to thank our guy Reggie Brown as always. And I want to say this. Normally at this time, as we start to wind the episode down, we do the Lamont Award for the big dummy of the episode. And if you hadn't heard that, go back and check our past episodes. And by the way, when you go to these platforms, whether it's Spotify, iHeartMedia, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, TuneIn, wherever you go, please like, comment, and share it with your friends because that's a big deal for us. We want to make sure uh, that we continue to get the word out. I'm not blasting. I don't have ads all over the place for the podcast, so it's really primarily grown because of word of mouth. So if you hadn't heard some of those Lamont Awards, you can go back and check those out, usually towards the very end of each episode. But I, instead, I wanted to talk about the tragedy that happened to the students at the University of the Southwest. A golf team was involved in a horrific crash that killed six members of the golf team. Two more are in critical condition. And the driver, which was a 13-year-old and a passenger in the other vehicle that veered into their lane outside of Andrews, Texas, in far west Texas. I mean, really, really far out there near the Mexico, New Mexico border. A 13-year-old was driving. It looks like there was a tire failure. And the 13-year-old and his 13-year-old passenger veered into the direct path of those young student athletes participating that were returning from a golf tournament. And I just want people to think about those student athletes and think about the thousands of students that travel all of the time. And of course there've been some high profile situations in the past, but I mean, a lot of traveling going on to compete and to represent your university and your community and your state. And uh, I mean, really thinking about the family 
and friends and coaching staff and support staff at the University of the Southwest. Uh, again, I'd never heard of the school. They were competing in an NAIA golf tournament. But I'm thinking about them because, again, travel is grueling in a lot of situations. There's not a lot of first-class flights when you're talking about, especially smaller universities. There's a lot of bus rides. There's a lot of van rides. And there are a lot of people who are trying to transport these student-athletes safely from event to event and just thinking about them and sending up prayers for all of those involved in a tragedy at the University of the Southwest. So with that, before I let go, before I let go, before I let go, hey, want to thank you guys for tuning in. Want to remind you, show 250. Now I'm putting pressure on myself. Episode 250 is coming up next time out. And also, it'll be my birthday next week. I'll have a birthday. I don't I'll get into that. I don't do a lot for the birthday, but it, it will be my birthday next week. And maybe they will do something with that as well. Want to get out and about with you guys really, really soon in the greater Houston area. All that's going on. Want to remind you, give us a call on the sports line, 832-941-6614. That's 832-941-6614. Also, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group page on Facebook. You can tweet me at Wade's Word. And also... Um, like the fan page on Facebook as well. So all of those ways to try to be interactive. I want to thank everybody, our Reggie Brown, Life on Lock, our sponsors. And if you don't remember any of these things, please remember these four things. Number one, I don't do no favors after 6 o'clock in the evening. Two, I ain't got no money. Three, I'm not harboring any fugitives from justice. And four, bye. <laughs> This has been the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Remember, you can follow him on Twitter at Wade's Word. Thank you for listening.